You are listening to the Passion City Church podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. So the series is called Seek First. And Jesus said, if we seek first the kingdom of God, the things of God, seek first the righteousness of God, that's the character of God, that all these other things will be added to us. So that's an offer that's on the table today. So if you're looking for meaning in life, can I tell you how to find it? Put God first. And all of a sudden, what you're looking for in the schedule and the flow and the, and the, and the accomplishments and the endeavors and whatever it is that you're doing, that's all going pretty good, but the meaning isn't really there, put God first and he will add meaning to your life. Some of you are looking for friends, looking for people, looking for a crew. I'm telling you, put God first and God will put the people around your life with a like mind and a like heart for the things of God. Whatever it is you're seeking after, he said, that's okay, but put me first and all these things you're looking for, seeking after, I'll add those to your life. And we started this journey by talking about seeking first the king of the kingdom. So we're not just looking for the business of God, to be workers for God. We're looking for the king of the kingdom in a relationship with him. The most important thing about you is that you were created to have a relationship with the almighty God. That is the singular most central reality to your life. And God is saying, seek me. I'm already seeking you. Jesus said it this way, John 17, three. I love this verse. He said, this is eternal life, colon. So you're going to think he's going to say heaven or the afterlife or a forever future with me. This is eternal life, right? No. He said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That word know that he uses in the Greek that's uh, the New Testament's written in, that, that word know means to have an intimate relationship with. So this is eternal life. Not that you know that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Not something in the by and by. Not some future tense. This is eternal life. That you are in a relationship with the one true God right now and in a relationship with him through the person of Jesus Christ. Think of it this way. You have the capacity through creation and the possibility through recreation to have a personal relationship with the Almighty. Thank you for, I, I'm not sure, was that Dana? Thank you. Philip Engel apparently isn't here today, so I'm not getting my normal amens, <laughs> which is really sad because now I got to know that when I get to Cumberland, I got to look and see if Philip's here. Oh, he's not here today. I got to dig down a little deep and create my own amens inside my head while I'm preaching, which is a little complicated, but I've worked it out over a lot of years of preaching that I can cheer for myself while I'm preaching at the same time. But maybe we've been around it a little too long, or maybe we're just mystified right now by the reality of what God is saying, that you have a soul, and you don't get a soul by stewing in the primordial soup for a billion years. You have a spirit within you 
So you were created with the capacity, but you also have a problem, namely that God is holy, which is a roadblock for anybody who wants to just waltz into his presence. But yet you have the possibility through recreation. You have the capacity through creation, the possibility through recreation. You do, not we do, you do, to have a personal relationship with the Almighty. This is the way it's been since the beginning of time, but we pick up the story out in the wilderness experience where Moses is trying to lead the people of God. And in Exodus 33, we find in verse 7, that Moses would meet with God in the same way that God wants you to meet with him. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away. Exodus 33, verse seven. Calling it the quote unquote tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshiped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face, as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But notice this little footnote. But his young aide Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So who is this guy that's going to take the people into the promised land? Who's this guy who's not going to be intimidated by the giants when they go to spy out the land? Who's this guy that's going to be chosen by God to deliver on the promise to give these people a hope and a future? It's going to be Joshua. And why has Joshua got that spirit? Because Joshua was locked on to the reality of the greatness of God and the fact that he wanted to draw near. But look at verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, Moses said, so I may know you. There's the phrase and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. So we're in on the dialogue, people. We're like peeking into the conversation as God Almighty and Moses are meeting together. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. For how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Don't you love that heart, by the way? He's like, if you're not going, we're not going. So thank you that you're going because it's sort of like obvious for us that if you're not going, we're not going. What if that were in our hearts today? God, if you're not getting into this relationship, I'm not getting into this relationship. If you're not going down this path, I'm not going down this path. 
I'm not looking just for direction. I'm not looking for God just to go, I want you on the journey. And if you're not going to be on the journey, we're not going to be on the journey. We're not going to try to take this hill if you're not going with us to take the hill. And so he's saying that's sort, sort of a given. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Isn't that powerful? He's like, hey, brother, how are you today? Thanks for coming to the tent of meeting. He's like, I know you. I know you by name. And so Moses thinks he's kind of, I think he just said he's pleased with me. I think he just said he's going with us. I think he just said he knows me by name. And then Moses goes for broke. He just says, I'm putting all my cards on the table right here. And Moses said, now show me your glory. He just rolled the dice. Like, I think this is my moment. And the Lord said, I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And then he, he kind of amplifies his name. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. You're like, wait a minute. I thought he just said he talked to Moses face to face like a a man talks to his friend. They talked face to face. They weren't seeing face to face. They were speaking face to face, but not seeing face to face because God is other. And in this Old Testament, Old Covenant time frame, you couldn't see the face of God and survive. But God said, still, there's a way. He said, and then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I'll remove my hand and you'll see my back. But my face must not be seen. Now imagine that because when Moses came down from this mountain, you remember the story, his face was glowing because of God. From the back of God, his face was glowing. Just from God passing by and him seeing the remnant go by, his face was glowing. But look at chapter 34. The story continues. The conversation isn't over. The Lord said to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, and I will write on them the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke, by the way. Be ready in the morning and then come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. And God is extending that invitation today to you. Come up the mountain. But that doesn't happen by accident. No one in this room is in a meaningful relationship by accident. You may have met by accident, 
Yeah, we were getting on the plane train at the Atlanta airport, and the doors were closing, and a hand came through the door, and then all the red lights went off, and the door went open, but then it closed really fast again, and now a half a person is in the door, and I stepped forward and grabbed the door, and when I opened the door, there she was. That's how we met. Well, you may have met on Concourse C in a random series of events. But you're not in a meaningful relationship today because of a random series of events. You're in a meaningful relationship right now because of desire, because someone said, I'm going to make this my intent and I want to put the effort in. I'm going to seek this person or seek this relationship. And it's the same with God. You don't come up the mountain by accident. You don't get to know God by accident. You don't become a friend of God who talks to him face to face like a man talks to his friend. And you don't certainly see the glory of God by accident. It is something that you have to plan, prioritize, protect, pursue, and persevere in. And I want to talk a little bit about that today on the most practical of terms, because I'm not going to assume just because we're all at church that everybody knows how to come up the mountain, or if you went up the mountain, that you would know what to do when you got there. I just want to encourage you to say what the psalmist said. He said, one thing I've asked of the Lord, and that will I, here comes our word, seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And, and I love that you're doing that today. The fact that you are in church today, you're seeking God. The fact that you showed up today, you're saying, I want to know more about who God is. And so congratulations on aiming your heart towards seeking God today. But I don't want to take for granted that everybody knows what to do when you get up the mountain. So a few practical things today to help you begin a relationship with God to help you know God more. Number one, if you're gonna know God more, you gotta have information. You gotta have information. And I think sometimes we downplay information because it's about a relationship, but most relationships start with information. In fact, some of you are in a relationship with someone right now or in a business deal with somebody right now, but you stalked them online before you got into that situation. Did you not? If you're in business, you looked them up on LinkedIn, you, you, you went and read some stuff, bio, you searched to see if there was anything online, maybe you checked out their social media. You, you were looking for information and before you ever met them, you already knew about them. So information isn't to be discounted. It's a starting point for most relationships. And God is saying to you today, I want you to know everything about me that you need to know to come up the mountain and be in a relationship with me for the rest of your life. And all the information you need to know about me is in this book. This is God revealing himself to you. This is just not some ancient, archaic, cobbled together, gobbledygook of religious whatever. This is God saying to you, if you want to stalk me online, start here. This is the biography of me. In fact, that's what Jesus says in the Gospels, in the Gospel of John. He gives us this in such a beautiful way. If you have your Bible, look at this in John chapter 1. 
Which unfortunately, just to remind again, I don't have in my scripture because John chapter one, uh, through beautiful series of events, went to the International Space Station and stayed in space for a while. But fortunately today, uh, our astronaut friend Shane Kimbrough is back from the International Space Station. Can you guys welcome Shane Kimbrough to Passion City Church today, home from a great mission and stint on the International Space Station. Come on, 515, Cumberland. There's still heroes in America. This is one of them right here. Yes. Thanks. Please sit down. Thanks, Passion. It is great to be in the house. Now, you guys know that, uh, Shane, you were in space for six months, give or take. And you've been home for a couple months. How how the legs feeling? How's gravity? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. That? I don't know how you guys deal with gravity though. This stuff is for the birds. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way, on another phenomenal expedition. And um, I always say this because I, I just think sometimes it's lost on a lot of us um, that you risk your life to serve humanity, to serve this nation. You did a lot of amazing science and you are pushing boundaries that benefit all of us. And I know for Shelly and us to be uh, at the launch and your wife Robbie is there, your family was there, and for this SpaceX rocket, this Dragon rocket that's literally just you know, loaded with stuff that blows up, and um, <laughs> you're sitting on the top of it, and when it ignites and the ground shakes and your friend is on the top of that, you realize the gravity of your job. It's intense. And I just want to say thank you for sitting on top of that rocket. Uh, it's, uh, it was obviously an incredible ride. I highly encourage it if you get the chance. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know Lily will be uh, in line with you if you get that. Everybody asks me, you going to space one day? And I'm like, ah, yes. If Shane will take me, <laughs> then I will go. But so we had an incredible opportunity to link with you when you were on station. And um, it was such an incredible gathering to have you live from the International Space Station at church. And I know almost every Sunday um, you were at church. You didn't have anywhere else to go. Uh, but um, <laughs> almost every Sunday, I mean, you, you, Shane was in church more than you were in church. <laughs> For the entire six months you were on station and you would, all, you would text almost every Sunday in between the gatherings and say something about the worship or something about what God was speaking. And, you were the biggest encouragement to me on a week-to-week -week basis while you were on station. So thank you for that. And so good having you in real life today. And uh, Shane was kind enough to uh, bring, uh, I hope, bring my page of my Bible back. Louie, I got it right here. So I found it floating around the space station. You might have seen a picture earlier of it in the cupola. Oh, there it is. And so uh, really incredible view that we have, obviously, when you're looking out of this module that looks at planet Earth all the time. And I uh, got the good fortune of taking up this page out of Louis' Bible. So I am here to return it. Um, it's been on quite a journey. Um, as you might imagine, um, we were up there for a little over 199 days. And uh, if you do the math on that, that we go around the earth every 90 minutes. And this, this page and myself on this mission were um, orbited the earth 3,194 times. And so it's quite a trip, about 84 million miles plus um, on that. No frequent flyer, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> But the page did come back to you, and I would have got it back to you earlier, but the uh, delivery services weren't coming to the station at the time, so 
There you go. Oh, you can Thank continue you so much, your everybody. message, I believe. Now. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love you so much. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Y'all thanks, Shane. Oh, man. Well, that's impressive. So I'm going to read as we read in John 1 from this page, which I'm going to scotch tape back into my Bible, by the way. Uh, at some point, you're like, no, you got to frame that. And I'm like, no, I actually already spit on it in the earlier gathering. I looked down while I was preaching, and there was a big blob of spit right <laughs> on this page that just came back from space. <laughs> you know, we say this all the time, but it's, um, I, I'll never get over it. Um, it's incredible to have a, a, a friend who does what Shane does. And it's incredible to have the opportunity for him to take a few small personal items for his family and friends onto station with him. And to think every time I open my Bible to this page, I think this page of my Bible actually went up to space. But it's not as impressive as the reality that before that, this page of my Bible came down from heaven. You are holding in your hands today or on your device the breath of God on a page. This isn't death on a page. This is breath on a page. It's the living word of God. It is a miracle that came down from the throne of heaven so that you would have the information you need to be in a relationship with the one true God. Jesus said it this way in verse one. He said, in the beginning was the word. I can just hear this in Greek in my mind. This was uh, in my classical Greek class at Georgia State University with Dr. Kuntz. She had us in our Greek New Testament at some point learning this verse. In the beginning was the word, the logos is the Greek word. Logos meaning to speak. And it's capitalized because it's a person that we see unfolding in the rest of the text. And the word, the logos, the speaking was with God and the word was God. He, so now there's a pronoun so that we know that this word is a person, was with God in the beginning. And now we're getting more definition. Through him, who? The word, the logos, the speaking of God, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And then we drop down to verse 14, and this word, this logos, this speaking of God that we know is a person now who is the light of the world. The Lagos became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So now we're talking about Jesus being the word of God, the Lagos of God, the speaking of God. So if you want to know what God is saying, look at Jesus. Amen. If you want to know what God is saying, listen to Jesus, because Jesus is the word of God. Not just saying words of God. He is the word of God. And now this word of God has taken on flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
and we've seen his glory. Remember how Moses could not see God's glory? But now we have seen God's glory. Where in the old covenant, Moses couldn't see the face of God and live. Now we see in 2 Corinthians that the glory of God is described as being in the face of Christ. And so we now have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. If you want to go up the mountain, you start with the word of God. You stay with the word of God because the word of God informs us of God and tells us about God. And so the information is step one. But in every relationship, there's got to be more than information. So the second thing we want to talk about really quickly is revelation. In Ephesians, Paul is praying for the believers there, a prayer that God is also praying for you today. And this is the simplicity of the prayer. Chapter one, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom. And here's our word and revelation so that you what may be smarter. No. So that you may have more information. No. So that you may know him better. So when you start up the mountain, go with the word of God. And if you don't know where to start with the word of God, then ask someone to help you know how to start with the word of God or start with a simple devotional, but make sure it has the word of God in it. This one, my utmost force highest, I just looked up working this week. It was sitting on my shelf. I, I had it apparently in 1978 is when I put my name in the deal. My mom had it for the last couple of decades before she went to heaven. In fact, when I opened it to see what today's devotion read, I found a note, handwritten, my mom writing out Daniel's prayer when he was able to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And I could tell by the handwriting how far along it was in her life, in her journey with Parkinson's, just by the writing. And it was just a little miracle that that was in there. But it's a verse. And then it unpacks. If, if you need a starting point, then ask anybody you know that's a believer, what's a good daily devotional? Right next to this on the shelf opposite was Tozer on the Almighty God, 365 days. Today's devotion starts with the psalmist, be still and know that I am God. And then from Tozer's writings, an amazing pastor and author, they unpack that verse, but it starts with the word. I, I'm not a big fan of journeys, honest, honestly, that don't start with the word or even have any word in them because this word is the revelation of God to us. But when you start with the word, ask God to give you revelation into the information. In other words, as you start reading, whatever you're reading on the way up the mountain to meet with God, just say, God, will you open my eyes to truly see this? And he will. I'm asking you this same prayer. Would you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, God, because I want to know you more today. And he will. It's, it, you're like, well, what is, that, what is that like? It's like for some of you, you're in a meaningful relationship with someone that you knew at an earlier season of life. I've heard somebody tell a story. Well, we actually went to the same school and we grew up together, but there was a moment where I went, oh, wow. That's called revelation. That's when the light bulb went on. 
That's when everything changed. That's when all the information shifted. And God wants to do that for you. That's why I promise you that you will experience over the long haul of life of going up the mountain many times where you come to a place in the word where you go, oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever seen that verse before, but you know you've read it a hundred times. Or you will say, I have never seen that particular angle on that before, or I've never seen that like that before, because this word cannot be exhausted because God cannot be exhausted. And if you ask him to the information to add revelation, he will. The third word is conversation, and this is the game changer. Because we're not going to, to our devotion to check off our list. If you're doing it on your app online and you get a little medallion possibly, if you click, I read it all, and you're really into those, and it's like, I need the medallion, uh, I need the, you finish the devotion, I need you, I need that little bit of affirmation, and you're done, great. I got my information, I got my nugget for the day, because that's really what I came for was a nugget, and I got it. That's what I needed. That's going to help me today. That's going to carry me through today. Hello, newsflash. We do not go up the mountain to get a nugget. We go up the mountain to get a glimpse of God. Nothing wrong with nuggets. They can be tweeted. But that's not what God created you for, was to get a nugget. He created you with a thirst that is so vast that it can only be satisfied by someone as vast as himself. And he's inviting you into a relationship. So we're not just looking for information and we're honestly not just looking for revelation. We wanna have a conversation with God. And there is nothing more powerful than sitting with the word, in the word, with the logos, in the logos, knowing that the word, Jesus, the eternal creator of the universe is with me while I'm reading the word and I can talk to the word about the word. So many times we come and we read the word and then we close the word and we never even acknowledge that the word was with us when we were in the word. It'll change your, it'll change your relationship with God. It will change your journey up the mountain. Possibly if you maybe just start by saying, I'm here today to come up the mountain, God. But before I get to my thing and do my deal and get my journal open and get my pen out and get ready for my thing I'm going to do, I actually just want to pause right now and acknowledge you. And before I start talking, I thought maybe I'd let you talk. Do you have anything you'd like to say? Is there any direction you want to go today? Is there anything that's on your heart today? I'm just going to pause and just listen for you. Move on. I'm in the Word. This is amazing. This is incredible. How, 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 I'm so blown away by that. Thank you so much for doing that and speaking that into my life. I, just, I, I receive it and I praise you for it. I just give you thanks today 
or I'm not really getting this right here. Could you help me get this part right here? Because I'm not fully think I'm grasping that. Could you help me with that? Google it. Okay, great. Great. Okay. Oh, that's helpful. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a great idea. Awesome conversation. And why is that important? Because this is what God made us for. It's communion. It's communion. It's what he made you for. Communion. And you can't spend all day in your quiet time, but you can take the conversation of your quiet time with you all day. The fourth word is transformation. And that's knowing that when I come up the mountain, things are going to change. It's when I come up this mountain, uh, things are going to change. That's the way Paul wrote it in, in 2 Corinthians 3. He's jumping from the Moses old covenant moment to the Jesus new covenant moment. And he's tying the two things together for us. And I love the way he does it. Look, if you will, if you have your scripture to 2 Corinthians 3. And look at how Paul wrote this in verse 12. He said, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We're not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. And then he talks about how still to this day, if you're reading Moses in the Old Covenant, there's a veil and you don't see it all. You don't get it all. But look at verse 16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Amen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. People always want to snatch that verse up, by the way, and take it over here and drop it down in some other context. But the context of the verse is there's freedom for you and me, no matter what we've done, no matter how we've fallen or how we've come short, there's freedom for us to be bold to come up the mountain that is the holy mountain of God. There's freedom to come into relationship with God. He's inviting you up to where he is and into who he is. There's freedom now in the spirit. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Some translations say we're transformed into his likeness from glory to glory. Every trip up the mountain, something changes. Every time we're with him, something changes. He's never altered, but we are. He forever is the same, but we are always changed. So you do not go up the mountain of God on your terms. You do not go up and see the glory of God on your terms. We go up the holy mountain of God on his terms. And what are his terms? You got to come to the Lord because you need recreation. You need forgiveness. You need mercy. You need the covering of Jesus. And when you have that and the spirit indwells you, you are free now to come up the mountain of God. But know when you come up the mountain of God, I don't change. You do. And I will mold you into my likeness, because what the world needs more than anything is a me that looks more like God and less like me. Amen. There's transformation in this journey. So I'm saying, God, thank you for the information. I treasure it. I hold it dear. I want to sink my life in it, but I'm asking for revelation today. And I want to, I want it to be in a relationship with you. I'm not here for a Bible project. I'm here for you. And I know there's going to be transformation today. So I'm ready. And then there's application. 
And this is true of any relationship. If you're in a meaningful relationship with someone and you come to agreement on different things and then they decide they disagree with those things and go a different way, what happens to the relationship? The relationship begins to strain. If there isn't congruency among what we agree on as two people, then the relationship begins to break down. And it's the same in a relationship with God. It's no different. It's not a quid pro quo. It's not God asking you to keep putting quarters in the machine so that he'll love you more. All that's decided and done. God sought you before you were born. He's loved you before you even knew who he was. He has given his life for you before you ever even said whether you wanted to or didn't want to know him. He's already done all that for you. But there is a nature of relationship called congruency. And if you don't apply what God is showing you as you're on the mountain with him, he's not going to show you anything else. You're like, ooh, where'd you get that? Jesus. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Man, that puts tension on my, my life. I don't know about you. In other words, he's saying, you can sing all the worship songs you want. Tell me how much you love me all day long. But if you don't become congruent with what I'm showing you about myself up on the mountain, and I don't know if you really do love me. You're like, ooh, that sounds strong. No, that's, somebody said that to your spouse recently. This is how relationships work. This is how life works. This is how friendship works. And it's how it works with God. He doesn't love you based on you obeying him, but your relationship with him on the mountain is intricately involved with your willingness to obey him. He said, the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them. And look at this phrase and show myself to them. Like, I feel like I've stalled out in my, my journey of knowing God. Is there some place that you need to obey God that you're not obeying him right now? Because we come up the mountain again on his terms, not on our terms. We adjust to God. God doesn't adjust to us. And so there's a moment on the mountain where we say, wow, thank you. I see it. I get it. I got I to gotta make some adjustments. Give me the grace. Holy Spirit, help me. Put the people around me because I've got to make adjustments now. And then the last word is just duration. See, these are how we do relationships. So take them and transfer them into your journey up the mountain. I need information. Praise God. I've got all the information I need. If I never have another devotional, that's great. I have the word of God. I want revelation through the spirit of God. I want a conversation with God. I know that there's going to be transformation in the process. And I'm willing to surrender to God in the application so that I can become what God is showing me and who he is showing me he is and who I am. And I want to commit to the duration. Can I just tell you today, the journey up the mountain isn't always easy. Amen? The journey up the mountain isn't always the highs. Uh, sometimes it is a mountaintop experience. And that's where we get that phrase, by the way. But sometimes it's a slog. Amen? Sometimes it's a couple of weeks where you don't feel it. Sometimes it's a dry season. And that doesn't mean you're defective. All relationships have seasons. All relationships have to be contended for. Every relationship that's meaningful in your life. There was a time where you said, I don't feel it right now, but I'm in. I, I, I'm not really sure 
you're leaning my way, but I'm, I'm going to lean your way. Or I don't think I'm leaning your way, but thank you that you're leaning my way. Or this isn't, you know, all clicking and this isn't like winter weekend high or conference momentum, but I am going to keep coming up the mountain till death do us part. God is promising you he's in it for the long haul. And I, it's interesting to me how in my life sometimes I've said, God, I, I'm in a season where I haven't really felt you. And he's always so kind. God is so gentle. He, he, he's never come back and hit me on that one. Oh, oh you ha- haven't felt me for the last three weeks? Amazing. Do you remember your freshman year? I do. I didn't feel you at all that year. But I'm still here. See, he sticks out the valleys. And so you and I have to make a decision today. I'm going to stick out the valley. And I'm going to persevere through the highs and the lows until there is that moment again where the sparks fly. Because God is in it. I'm going to be in it. I promise you, if you will make space and ask God to fill it, he will fill it with what is good. And you will discover that Jesus doesn't just give you what you need. Jesus is what you need. And he's inviting you. Tomorrow morning, Come up on the mountain. Come up and present yourself and meet me on the mountain. Do you want to say yes to that? Do you want to say yes to that today? Through Jesus, you're free to come up into the presence of the Almighty God. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church podcast.